This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everybody. It is that time again. It is Wednesday morning, October 4th, 2023. I am Vince Russo, and you are not welcome to a bucket full of chicken necks. Thank you very much, Don and Juan. Now, you guys know, man, many, 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 many moons ago, I used to I used to do a show called Vince Russo's The Swerve and I would bring on a wrestler every single week. But I got to be honest with you man, two things happened. Uh number 1 was I literally started hating wrestling. And I didn't want to talk about wrestling anymore. I just didn't want to talk about wrestling. That's number 1. Number 2 Bro, it seemed like 99.9% of the guests that I brought on uh, were were either trying to get a job, didn't want to piss anybody off, so they're they're walking a tightrope where I knew I was absolutely being bullshitted. It wasn't real. And I wasn't going to waste my time with that anymore. I'm able to do this show, guys, uh, 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 free will, because I'm not looking for a job. So what what I say, I really feel and I really think. And, you know, if people get upset, they get upset. I'm not looking for anybody to hire me. And, and I'll be honest, man, it's really hard to come across people like that in the industry. Because, bro, as listen, man, you got you got men, gals in their fifties, sixties. I swear to God, bro, they they think they still have that one last run. I, I am not kidding you. They're, they're they're sitting by the phone and they're waiting for that phone to ring. But I got to tell you something, man. W- one thing. Uh, you you could say whatever you want about me. Here's one thing about me though. I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. Um I I think in a very very short period of time a conversation with you uh hearing things you said, I think I I I pretty well know uh who's real and who's not real. If you if you're not real, you ain't going to be on this show. Now I do have a guest on today's show. We have, bro. I'm sure. And listen, I'm I'm old, and I forgot a lot of things. Uh, I'm sure we have crossed paths many, 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 many times. Never really worked together uh, for for lengthy periods of time, but I know her because of her reputation and. She's been around for a long time, and I get the feeling she is very, 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 very real, and we are going to get down to that today. Uh, April Hunter. (laughs) It's a hell of an intro. Hi. 
was was I on? Was I on? Was I off about anything? No, you, no, you, you you were on, and I don't want to talk about wrestling either. So, like, high five. <laughs> I don't want to talk about wrestling. Here's what I want to talk about, April. I want to talk about you because I got to tell you, man, I'm doing my research on you today prior to this show. Now, I could have took the easy way out. I could have called people at Hameen Media. And I could have got the skinny on April Hunter. What, what should I talk to April? I didn't do any of that. None of that. I'm going on on gut instinct. And okay. April, I got to tell you, he, I'm reading IMBD. I'm reading your Wikipedia. I even went to your um, web website page, which I don't think you use anymore because it was it was outdated a little bit. Am I right about that? Which one? AprilHunter.net? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's still updated every week. Oh. Okay, are you still so so I I did I did all the research I could. And I swear here's the one thing that kept coming to my mind about you. And like th- this was the impression that I kept getting. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Survivor. Survivor. I'm I'm reading your resume and you have done everything. You have done everything. I have, I listen, I say this over and over and over again, and you may be the female version of me. The hustle never stops. No, never embrace, st- embrace the suck, right? Yeah. yeah. But a- a- am I right? It looks like you, you have done everything in your career to survive and keep going and on to the next thing and the new venture. I mean, am, am, am I right about you or, 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 or not? No, I, w- I would say that's pretty accurate. I like to survive and thrive and adapt and change and try new things. And I get bored if I do one thing. And by the way, we didn't, we did a podcast. You had me on like ages ago. I, I remember like, that. I remember, I know we did a podcast. And you are the one as to why I have the A show now and I'm with Hammy Media because you said back then, you're like, oh, you should have a podcast. And I always wanted one. And then you said that. And I was like, mm, maybe one day. And I was just too busy with traveling and doing, you know, I'm a comic book model and I started writing children's books and all this, you know, all this other stuff. And I just never had time. And then one day I had time and I thought, it, you know, what you said always stuck in the back of my head. And thank you for that. I really enjoy it. Well, well, well you, you have, you have a lot to say and listen, man, I think you are a woman of the world. You, 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 you've done so much. It's absolutely amazing. But, but I got to ask you this, you know, I'm, I'm reading and I, I guess your parents got divorced early. So <laughs> <Twice>. you went- <laughs> The, the same parents got divorced twice? Yeah, they, they, they liked it so much they did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but you wound up living with your dad. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. My, and you my, were, mom, my mom took my brother and my dad took me. It was a very weird upbringing. So. And you went from Philly to Alabama. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah, that that <laughs> now I know you were very young. I think you were about four years old, but I mean Philly and Alabama are two completely different worlds. So but but even even being that young, like did you realize you were going from one one extreme to the other, or did that seem the same to you? Well, actually I was a preteen at that point, which is even worse because I had all my friends up north and 
I was, yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was a culture shock at that point. You couldn't have gotten any further away. Cause I was like this Philly goth kid. I had my hair dyed black with the blonde streak and the side shaved. And I went down to Alabama and they looked at me like I was some strange sea creature. They're like, Whoa. And then they asked me if I had a British accent from Philadelphia. They're like, Are you from are you from England? I was like, what? And so um yeah, it took some some getting used to and it was um not long because we lived off a military base. We were military. It was not long before I kind of adapted and started breaking all my single syllable words down into two syllable words and learning Southern speak, like, you know, the sarcasm, like you can say whatever you want. That's negative. As long as you follow up with bless their heart, like bless their heart. I I got, I got that that from Brian James, the road dog. I say that about everybody. Bless their heart. Yes. Well, that baby's ugly. Bless its heart. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I, I, I adopted there. And then my senior year got, shipped back north to Philadelphia where they teased me about being a Southern belle. So at that point I grew my hair back and my dad made me grow back to Auburn and, you know, my stepmom made me do pageants and um, yeah, they turned me into a lady, unfortunately. But, but, but was that good? I mean, now you're a little older. So were you, were you all for the move from Alabama back to Philly? No, no, that no. was, it was, um, Oh God, how do I put it? I, I was getting, I was getting kind of wild. Uh, I had a, like a, a very unusual upbringing. My mom, my mom was autistic, a high functioning autistic at that time. It was called Asperger's. Um, and I was raised by kind of the last generation of stay at home moms. So when my dad left, we moved back sort of with my grandparents. So my grandparents helped raise me. And then I got to be too much, you know, I started going out and drinking and sneaking out and being, you know, cutting school. And it was, we weren't even Catholic. And I was like, all right, you go to Catholic school or you go live with your dad. And I was like, oh, what, do I have any other choices here? Um, so they shipped me off to my dad who uh, was extraordinarily military and it was like under the thumb yeah. upbringing. And I think I actually rebelled worse there. Shocker. Um, because (laughs) if you know how I talk and how I am yeah. and, um, after a while, I think he, he shipped me back. He was just like, okay, this is too much. So. (laughs) Wow. I, 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 I got to throw the phrase out there that is in my uh, head. Wild woman. Yeah. You sound like a a wild woman early on. uh, Yeah. I gave him a run for his money. Yeah. April, you know what I, you know what I want to talk like, listen, we, we, we can go through, I I don't want to talk about wrestling either. I want to talk about two very hot topics for me when it comes to women in the industry, mm-hmm. because these are two things, man, that like I have always had to deal with throughout my entire career. And I, I still don't know if I was right or wrong. And, 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 and the topics are a little heavy. One's heavier than the first. I'm gonna, I'll hit you with the lighter one first. Okay, April, I swear my right hand to God. I was in the wrestling business, you know, for for a very, very, very long time. I was never of the wrestling world. I I was a fan, not a mark. I was a fan of the business. I liked wrestling like I liked many other things. 
I was a writer. I had a degree in journalism. I thought that ah, maybe be cool to work in the wrestling business. I never had, I never wanted to write television. That wasn't even on my radar. I got hired as the editor of the WWF magazine, and I was very happy with that. Things happened, and, and I wind up being the head writer of Raw and SmackDown, and then WCW, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With that being said, I worked with the most absolutely beautiful women in the world. Between WWE, WCW, TNA, I worked with beautiful, beautiful women. Now, one thing about me, April, was like I said, I wasn't of the wrestling ilk. I wasn't of their world. And I was in my, you know, at that time, I'm in, I'm 34, 35. That's where I started. And I was, I was a bit older than a lot of the women that I was working with. Okay. And it was really with, with all of them, it was really like a father daughter relationship. Like I never, with all the women I ever worked with, I swear to you, man, I was happily married. I've been married for 40 years. I had kids at home. I never looked at any of the girls like in a sexual manner or nothing like that. But I learned early on with, with I've women. I've never heard anything bad about you. <laughs> yeah, never, never. <laughs> you I, and I, Nick I, Foley, you guys have the cleanest reputation yeah, yes, as yeah. far as that. <laughs> but here's one thing. I learned about women wrestlers early on. First of all, they, 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 there's the feeling of them being the underdog. Just because they're women, they're in a man's world and they're constantly, constantly, constantly having to try and prove themselves. They're, they're, they're trying so hard to belong in the industry. And what comes with that is injuries. <laughs> well, well, not only injuries, but he, here's what really comes with that. And, and I know you know what I'm talking about. The commitment, the hard work, the dedication, the, the thing that that always stuck with me with the majority of women in wrestling, if, if not all of them, where they were very, very strong willed women and i think to some extent you had to be to survive in the business and they took great great pride in their bodies and 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 when when i tell you constantly working out constantly watching what they were eating like they took great pride in the way they looked and worked so damn hard at their bodies so with that being said, okay, to me, I kind of felt like they wanted to show off that hard work. Like, first of all, guys watching the show are going to be attracted to, to, to beautiful women. These women had beautiful physiques, beautiful bodies that they worked very, very hard at. And I really felt almost like as athletes, they're showcasing their bodies. Like, bro, if you got a guy like, I don't know why he just came to my head, uh, Sean Stasiak, 
you know, Sean Stasiak is jacked, ripped, and he's wearing teeny tiny shorts to show off his physique. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I felt the same way like with the women. They work so hard on their bodies and the way they looked. And I don't think they wanted to cover that up on TV. Now, I always get this bum rap, April, and I want you to, to know this. All these bra and panty matches, those came after I left. I I never booked a bra and panties match in my life. Everybody will tell you I did. No, they all came after I after I left. But my my take was always these women work so hard on their freaking bodies. I never felt like they had a problem showcasing their bodies. And with that being said, April, I never told a female wrestler what to wear. They they all had their own, all, all their ring gear and all their stuff. They they did that on their own. I didn't tell them what to. I never, God forbid, said, "Oh my God, you got you got to wear less clothes." But I always felt like when they went out there and performed, they didn't have a body showing you the work because a a normal female is not going to look like that. That is a commitment. That is work. Uh, And and, and that's why I, I envy I envy that because I I'm one of the guys that could never do that. I could never look that way. I don't have the discipline. But in doing so, I never had any of the females say, you know, I, I'm uncomfortable about doing this. I'm uncomfortable about doing that. That never happened in my life. I think I treated the women with the utmost respect. But then, you know, for all the Vince Russo haters, I will always get how I exploited women. And, you know, they went out, you know, scantily clad and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I, I didn't see it any different than a a guy. If a guy's got a jacked body, I say this all the time, April. If I was jacked, I would walk around 24-7 without a shirt. I, I would never wear a shirt. If I was jacked and I put all that work into my body, I would show my body. W- was I wrong to feel that way? I mean, what were, were the women maybe afraid to speak up and say something to me? Because I, I keep going back and forth with that because I don't ever want to feel like these women were forced into doing something they didn't want to do. What, what, what's your take on that? You really want to know? <laughs> yes, absolutely I do. Yes. Because I always talked about this. All right. Uh, I'm going to ramble for a second. It was one of the frustrating points, actually, um, especially coming from being trained at Killer Kowalski's and working in Japan and Mexico. And I'm probably not alone. You know, you look at women like Medusa, you know, um, there was many of us, you know, Gail Kim, who were spent a lot of time training. We trained with men. We were properly trained and not showcased to the best of our ability. So when you have women who can literally do everything that a man does, and we can do it in a bra and short shorts, people are going to watch. And they're going to probably, we're probably going to get better ratings than the men. Mm-hmm. And, but we were never given that chance. A lot of times we were relegated to three minutes, no real storylines, nothing serious, no main events. And it let, made me laugh when WWE finally started doing something with women. And they were like, oh, this is the first time ever women are headlining. It's like, uh, eat shit. Uh, TNA was doing it a while ago. 
And TNA was one of the few places that actually took the groups that WWE slash F wouldn't do anything with. They took the women and the cruiserweights and elevated them, which was smart. What was not smart is they were trying to take the guys, the, the you know, the guys that the big guys, the name guys, and also try and do the same thing. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Who did I ever beat? But I think that with the women too, yes, we do work hard. It's a, it's a commitment. It's, we are in competition with each other. We were at the, at best one match per show for two hours every week, maybe. So you have one slot for all the women. That's it. So if you get hurt, you're working hurt because if you give up that spot, someone else is going to take it and you may never get it back. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of incentive to stay on that spot. So you're going to do whatever it takes, whether that's being a bra and panties, whether that's roll around in mud, whether that's whatever it takes, you're going to do it. The, the main issue, and you can, you can see it with the Japanese wrestling, the women there were treated differently in, in America and some other countries. But in America, we were given, we were treated like, we were treated like porn, softcore porn, like Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, like fitness models, like, um, you know, basically acceptable porn. Hooters girls. It's like, oh, it's not really porn, but it's kind of porn. Um, so we were relegated to that category. Whereas if you go to another country like Mexico or Japan, they have hardcore porn everywhere. You can buy schoolgirl panties in the vending machine. It's everywhere. So when they go and pay a ticket, a big ticket for a wrestling match to watch women's wrestling, they want to see wrestling, real stuff. So therefore it was treated differently. And it was, a, it was frustrating that we could do both and no one gave us that chance or we were relegated, like I said, relegated to three minutes or a popcorn match or just one match per show at best. So yes, you have the guys working equally as hard on the shows wearing even less than we are. They're wearing trunks and they're always given the spotlight and the pushes and the um, main event matches. And if you compare side by side, they spent, you know, 98.9% of the effort on the guys and 0.2% on the women. We were there for eye candy or fluff. And I'm not saying that's anybody's fault specifically. I'm just saying that's how it was. And we were paid yeah. a lot less and we yeah. got a lot more injuries. injuries. You, you know, what's interesting. I swear because you are dead on because you know, April, I, I got, I got paid to draw ratings. <clears throat> That's how I got paid. And if I, if I didn't increase the audience, I was going to lose my job. So I lived and died by the ratings and people at TNA did not want to hear this. And it's what you said. I was the one stud studying the ratings more than anybody else. And guess what? The girls were out drawing the guys. Yeah, so you got what, a girl wearing a, a half shirt and short shorts yeah. doing hurricane runners and all, wrestling like, so what what did I do? Wrestling, wrestling and throwing really good matches and women's tag teams and doing that. People are going to watch if they're doing the same stuff the guys are doing but wearing but looking cute doing it, they're going to watch and they're going to love it from both a oh she's hot aspect and oh she can kick ass aspect. Yeah, same and that's the women when, love the men. 
And that's when I went from, they went from one match to two matches a show. Based up based on the performance and who was watching them, that's the bottom line. I don't care that this is a men's club. I don't care that you don't like women taking your spot. This is a business. Money. This is drawing. Quentin Tarantino figured it out a long time ago when he started angling all his films way back and using all strong women as the main characters. And it was like, why can't wrestling figure this out? That's what I love because I, 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 I'll be honest, man. I, and people can say, I, I don't listen. People just want to bury me. So they're going to change the narrative. The thing that I loved when I started at the WWF, I 1000 million percent wrote Sable and China, China as strong women strong women sable didn't take that's why they're remembered yeah sable sable didn't take shit from mero she flipped off vince mcmahon and china forget about it china was on an island by herself i i listen as a guy as as much as scantily clad is attractive I think strong women are even more attractive. I think guys get turned on by strong women. I mean, am I nuts? Uh, everybody I've dated would agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. But, but it, it's like you said, I always blame it on God. I always blame it on God. If if God gave, you know, April Hunter a, a killer body, and she worked around the clock and she's dieting and, and, and she's disciplined. And and now because I'm I'm noticing this as a man and oh, my God, we need to get April on the show because April is going to draw. Does that really make me a sexist or, or does that make me a man? April, you know what I compare it to? And it still goes on to this day. You can go back to the days of Johnny Carson and even before Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. When the leading actresses or or entertainers or singers would come on that show, they were wearing the sexiest outfits when they sat down next to Johnny. It is still true to this day because they realize there's a male audience out there I look good. I work hard at looking good. And now there's I a have audience a, too. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I have a career and I need to build my brand. So is that really exploitation? No. And, you know, I, I've said this forever. Nobody exploits me. I This is my product, okay? So I don't take it personally. If I get criticism or compliments, these things are not personal to me. This is the product I present to the world. This is this is what I sell, April Hunter, the package. So if you tell me this is great, awesome. If you tell me I suck and I'm peddling misinformation or I'm too whatever looking, I don't care. So the only thing I care about are my little inner circle. They they matter, you know, and I appreciate critique or compliments, but they don't ultimately matter to me. They're not this is just a product. So what I am personally exploiting or peddling is just a product. And anybody that takes it personally has a lot of growing up to do. And sexuality and attractiveness is part of that. It's a package. Being able to have the personality, 
have the look and have the training because none of that is going to get you by on your own. And you can, there's a million attractive people in LA trying to become an actor and actress. They're not going to make it on looks alone. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it on their body. They're not even going to make it on giving BJs. They have to back it up with something else. They have to be reliable. They have to show up on time. They have to be easy to work with. And most of all, they have to be talented and be able to not waste production time by getting it right, or they are not going to survive. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you are a perfect 10 and you've got the ass of a God or goddess, it, that's not enough. So, and it, but it helps, it'll get you in the door. And I just, I just feel like people say, oh, you exploit, you exploit. I mean, I'm, I've always been a, a physique model, a nude model. That's my product. And sexuality, we're so afraid of sexuality in this country. There is no stronger pull or force than sexuality, except perhaps spirituality. And they're along the same lines. And if you're smart, you can use them together. And that's a whole Kabbalistic thing right there. But that is the pull. People should use it. And there's a marked uh, effort to make women tone down their feminine power or their, their sexuality or to repress all of that. I call it goddess energy because they don't want people to use it. They don't want women to use it. Yeah. Wow. That's a great use it. Uh, use it. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a great, uh, being, being feminine great. and being sexual does not take away from your, your power, your knowledge, your, your ability to perform. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 brand, as you say, the April Hunter brand is a business. So I am going to use all the viable tools I have. I'm going to take all of them to create the strongest brand business that I can. I mm-hmm. I would agree with that one thousand percent. Now here, I want to get in a little. Uh, I want to get in a little mucky waters here. Okay, I love mucky. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't talk about, I don't talk about this often because very few times do I have women on the show. Uh, So I don't talk about it that often. Should I take that personally? No, not at all. Not at all. But um, listen, these NDAs came out with Vince McMahon a couple of years ago. And I was one of the people like my, my, my response was, did it really take this long? And here's why this was my response, April. And I'm hoping you can, you know, have some words of wisdom uh, to put out there to, you know, especially young women coming in the business and whatnot. April, I have had four women in the business that I worked with at various companies confide in me of sexual harassment, um, you know, going as far as rape okay with 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 male wrestlers in the business guys in and you know in the office i've had four women separately come up to me like and tell me their story mm-hmm. okay and you know first of all i mean i'm 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 honored that they were comfortable enough to kind of tell me because like they they know who i am okay and the thing that always sucked for me was I can't come out and say anything because that is not in my place. Right. And every woman, it's the same thing. 
They have kept this inside and they have kept this a secret for years and years and years. And it has screwed them up mentally, uh, spiritually, emotionally. And I'm talking about 10, 20 years and they still deal with it and have never gotten over it. And, and, <laughs> Believe it or not, and you will believe this, and you're going to understand exactly what I'm saying. The mentality, the mentality I'm talking about is if I ever say anything, two things. If I ever say anything, number one, they're never going to believe me. And then number two, and this is the part that blows me away. I'm never going to get rehired. And I'm like, Oh, like you really want to be rehired there. That's that's the one that blows me away. I can understand you're a woman, you're in a you're in the boys' club, they're not gonna believe you, they're gonna lie and swear for each other. I get that, but when you're telling me I'll never get hired in the business again, that's where in my mind I'm like, why would you ever want to work in the business again? Now you know, April, listen, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm sure there's a good possibility that you have dealt with some of that. I am very, very sure. And that's, that's not what I'm really trying to get into here. What I'm, what I'm trying to get into is, listen, you could have 18 women matches on the show. It's always going to be the good old boys club, especially when it comes to the WWE. They, they are sexist. The guys on top are sexist. I promise you. I worked with them. What, what would you say, you know, to young girls who, you know, I, I mean, April, I hear this all the time. Oh, I had a dream when I was five years old. I had a dream of working for the WWE. And all of a sudden, bro, you're working for the WWE and you're seeing a different side that you had no idea existed. With, with, with where you are in your career and your level of expertise and being there and doing that, what what would you tell these girls who emotionally it has wrecked them for decades and it still is in the inside? Oh, boy. Trish, Trish Stratish actually took me aside backstage and gave me that pep talk in L.A. when I was back there for a tryout. You know I didn't get hired because they told me I had to be single, right? I, I No, I did not know that, no. Yeah, they offered me a developmental deal. And the, the caveat was I had to go to Louisville solo. And I questioned it. And I said, I don't understand what that has to do with my in-ring ability. And uh, they didn't like that. And I said, well, you're asking a lot of me before even paying me. What are you going to ask of me once the paycheck comes. Mm. So, so what, what year is this? So what year? This, is this? this was probably, I think want to say 2003 approximately. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was Jim Ross that contacted me. And I, I totally understand that because I, you know, <laughs> bless his heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to name names. Because this this blew me away. Somehow or another, when we and, and he 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 is a friend of mine, but I've told this story. 
because I couldn't believe it. Oh, I, I don't was. know if it came directly from him. He might have just been the messenger. No, 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 I'm, no, 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 because I, I witnessed this and I, I, I could not believe, to this day, I can't believe I, I witnessed this. Somehow or another, at TNA, Terry Taylor had the role of hiring women. Yeah. Okay. And he, he is actually the one that referred me. That's funny. When I was working WCW, yeah. and I was not on TV, but sitting backstage, and I was on a per show um, thing there. And they weren't using me, but at the time, I was doing a lot in fitness. So I was missing like the Iron Man swimsuit shoot, and I was missing this, and I was missing that because I was on the road, you know. And I said to Terry, I was like, if you guys aren't using me, I could be doing other things because I lived out West and there's plenty of stuff going on. So Terry called, uh, basically called WWF at the time. And they brought me out after WrestleMania to LA to meet the writers. And he set that up. He's like, I got a girl here. She's not under contract. You guys should see her. She's got a different look. And then they sent me to Killer Kowalski's in Boston to train. And in the interim, <laughs> WCW and ECW folded while I was training and everything yeah. became chaos. Yeah. And I got lost yeah. in that shuffle. But here's why I know that happened to you. Because so so th- there's, a, there's a young girl. I, I don't remember if, if she, it was an, uh, a commentating job, an interviewing job or whatever. But Terry Taylor literally asked me to come into this room that literally was like no bigger than a closet. Mm-hmm. And there's me at me, Terry Taylor and this young girl in this room. Okay. So I'm standing there and this, this was Terry's interviewing technique when it came to females. First thing he does is he literally makes her slowly do a three six. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to understand, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing this. I'm witnessing this. And I swear to you, April, here was the next question. Do you have a boyfriend? And as soon as we got out of that room, I was like, are you like out of your freaking like, why? In I that, Terry, that's, but yeah, but that, yeah, that's why when you tell me that I story, I, I totally get it. But. I mean, my God, April, what 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 would you tell two, two things, two things? What would you tell to those veterans that experienced it are still saying nothing and are wrecked emotionally, spiritually? And number two, what would you say to those coming into the business that think it's going to be all rainbows and unicorns? So, yeah, I did write that down. Um, <laughs> so. All right, we'll go backwards with that. The business is a little different now where it's obviously more family friendly and I don't know, men are being trained a little better. Whereas rather it's instead of women, you need to cover up and tone it down. It's men. You need to not be so, I don't know, rapey, Um, (laughs) you know, teach your sons to be be better behaved rather than their, your daughters that they need to cover up. There's there's that, but the, the business is a little bit different now. Um, so for the women coming in, I would, (laughs) usually I would advise against coming in because it's very difficult. You're, it's not a matter of if it's when you're going to get injured and these things are going to come back to you later. But if you are determined to be in the business, um, I would advise you to be strong, like mentally strong because it's like the Wizard of Oz. We use that analogy all the time. 
what you see in the ring and on TV is not how it is backstage. And you need to understand two things really, really well. Uh, Psychology. And I'm not just talking ring psychology. I'm talking human psychology Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. politics. And this is, this there's a reason why so many wrestlers get out of the business and become very good politicians and, uh, you know, coaches and psychologists because they've been through the first class ringer in these, these, um, these lessons Mm -hmm. and you will too. And just understand that. Uh, the other thing you need to understand is it is very expensive to be on the road. So it's not what you think it's going to be. Um, so even with your paycheck, you're still going to have to be careful. It's going to be exhausting. They're going to be long days. Nothing is as it seems. So be prepared for that. Um, as far as the ones who have been through all of this and dealt with all that, I mean, quite honestly, we all have, you know, we've, you know, you saw that version of me too, that happened on Twitter a couple of years ago. We have, we've all been through some version of that, you know, somebody shows their dick at us or reaches out and grabs us or pushes us against the wall or it's, it's happened, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. And the, the problem kind of stems from what I mentioned before. There's X amount of women. There's only one match on any, you know, at that time, there's only one match on any show. Didn't matter if it's indie or top of the thing. Mm-hmm. And we're all trying to get there. Everyone's trying to get there. And if you say something, you're out. I remember being labeled. I, I mean, labeled. I mean, I remember reading about myself. It was horrible. There was, they would say I, I used to be a man. They would say I was difficult. I was cancer to the locker room. And this happened because I always wanted to be paid. And I always wanted to be paid fairly. Mm-hmm. And that was because, I, like I said, I was coming from Kowalski's. And Kowalski's always paid his students a base at that time of $100 even on his own shows. And he always, he always stressed us. He said, this is a business. Mm-hmm. You are learning a skill that not everybody can do. They are, they should run their shows like a business. They're making money off of a variety of things, whether it's tickets or, uh, you know, food and drinks and they can't do it without the entertainment. Make sure you get paid. So I would, I would, request always to be paid and I would give them a hard time if they didn't. And therefore I became difficult. (laughs) I became difficult. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Whatever. I, I, I I tell them, I would speak out about it too. Yeah. I I tell wrestlers that all the time. I tell them that all the time. And to this day, I tell them that once, once you do something for free, you're always doing talk. it for free. You're always doing it for free. You're always yeah. doing it for yeah. free. And, oh, 100%. And, but, but I understand I understand exactly where you come from. But, but see, that's the problem. Yeah. There are those that will do it for, for free, and there are many of them. So when an April Hunter comes along and says, yeah, fine, I'll do that. How much are you going to pay me? All of a sudden, oh, we, we can get 20 other women that will do it for free. Now you're a problem to work with. No, you're 20 other women. They're not going to look like me or know what I know. Yeah, and you're a, you're a businesswoman. <laughs> you're, you're 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 a businesswoman. Yeah, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, and if you want one, you don't want to use me. That's cool. I'll do something else because once you have talent and skills and abilities, you can do that. You can transition to other things. But you have, like I said, I call it the stripper mentality. So where 
you come from kind of a place of lack. I always have to be in front of people. I always have to make money. I always have to control the crowd. I need to make them laugh or cry or be mad at me. I, you know, we have a tendency to work all the time. We will blow off weddings and funerals and birthdays and life events for other people that are really important. You know, we'll, we'll miss housewarmings for our friends buying their first houses because, oh, sorry, I have to go on the road. I have to work. And these are, we will literally center our life around this entire business Mm -hmm. and then wonder at the age of 35 or 40, why we don't have any friends. Once we get screwed over by the business and they're like, oh, we're like, oh God, this business is not what I thought it was. And I don't have any real friends and I feel alone. And all my friends are screwing me over for work too. They're leaving me in the lurch and you're having your first baby or your mom is dying or something. And then you start realizing, you start reprioritizing. It's like, oh, wow. So I think, I think as women, you know, we did that back then where we just pursued work, pursued work, pursued work. And if somebody grabbed us or made life difficult or, you know, you dealt with even being raped or whatever, you just kept your mouth shut and soldiered on because part of it was the mentality Part of it was not maybe having anywhere else to go. Part of it was needing to earn a living. Part of it was you already invested so much. You went through the training. You already had a broken back or a ripped knee. And you wanted to see this thing through and get to the top and get as far as you could. Mm-hmm. God, you know what's so interesting? I swear, April, you will appreciate this. A couple of years ago, uh, Becky Lynch had a, a child. And I'll never forget, man, coming right after she had the child, Austin had her on his show. Mm-hmm. And Becky sat there and and said, you know what? Wrestling is no longer the most important thing in my life. I, I have a child now. My, my world revolves around that child. Yeah. And wrestling is not. And as I'm watching this, and I worked there. I'm like, Becky, first of all, I respect the shit out of you that your priorities have changed. But you saying that they don't give a shit about your child. They don't give a shit about. And now now you are telling Vince McMahon, your company is, is not my main priority anymore. See? And she's not even she's not even allegating that she was you know, something that is illegal or frowned upon socially or dangerous. All she is saying that, you know, my child comes first, which is normal. Which the is things, and I, the things that we normalize in wrestling are absolutely fucked up. I can say that, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely fucked. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny, it's when you come out of wrestling and then you get into regular society and you realize how much you normalized that are is completely amoral and without value and, and wrong. It's like, Oh my God. It's like, it's like, I've been, Oh, you know what I mean? And you get into like regular society and you start having real friends that are actually there for you. Right. And you start doing real things and it's like, Oh my God, I, I I can't believe that this is what I thought was okay. You know, this is what I thought was okay. This is what I, you know, it's it's no wonder relationships suffer and usually don't last in wrestling. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with being on the road all the time. I mean, that adds to it. 
but there's more to it than that. And I believe it's the mentality. Yeah, I, I, I believe. And, and, and just getting back to Becky for a second. And I swear since that statement and I, you know, I, I, I get paid to watch raw every week. It's the only reason I watch it, but based on that statement, I can tell that affected the way it booked. They booked her mm-hmm. and you can tell her heart ain't in it, man. You, 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 you can tell this woman wants to be with her daughter. You can tell, you yeah. can see it. But, but Hunter, you and I both know from day one when you're when you're setting foot into that uh, training facility down in Florida, the the brainwashing begins. Look, the brainwashing simply is, and they convince you of this without us. You're nothing. You're nothing. You leave here, <laughs> nothing. You're going to be broke. You're going to be homeless. Nobody's going to be. The brainwashing, you know, starts from day one. And the thing that. It's not blows, just them. It's just the, it's the wrestling business, too. You know, yeah, it's. it's yeah. The, why the pro- is it? Why, the promise why, of the dream, you know. But why, why, why do so many wrestlers get up? Why, why do they let their self-confidence be so stripped away? I, it, it it blows my mind because I, I see, I see wrestlers doing shit that I would never do. And yeah. I know, I know why, I know why they do. Oh, I don't do this. I'm going to lose my spot. I don't do this. They're going to find me. I don't fall in line, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, is that the way you want to freaking live your life, bro? Like, seriously. I am 100% convinced that that is the type of person that entertainment attracts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. and the, the person with that type of upbringing, with that type of low self-esteem, with that type of uh, abuse as a background, with that type of a uh, mental disorder, like almost, you know, there's a reason they say crazy artists, the same chemicals that make you crazy also make you creative. So we have more bipolar disorder in wrestling, the arts, writing, music, uh, acting than anywhere else. So you, you're dealing with uh, mental disorders. You're dealing with low self-esteem. You're dealing with broken homes, neglect, um, you know, abuse and people who are looking for this twist and same with stripper mentality. Like I said, they're looking for validation, fulfillment, um, you know, some way to fill that void. And, and that, that's what, that's what wrestling feeds upon. Yeah, it it absolutely does. I mean, I, I gotta tell you, man, I was very, very tight um with both china and daphne and i you know over the years over the years i could see it listen man there there are some people that if that same situation happened to them they would be able to handle it but but joni and daphne their their personalities they could not handle it they they could not deal with the after effect. And I, I I saw it coming literally for both of them because it was such a downward spiral because of their personalities. And and neither one of their personalities, just like you're you're saying, were able to deal with the consequences and the reality. So they just continued to spiral, spiral, spiral. But I mean, to me, to me, April, that's the dangerous part. 
because there are a lot of people that will be able to deal with life after wrestling, and there will be a lot of people that won't. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, having known both and having known, da- known Daphne fairly well, and I worked with China on other you know conventions, and I worked with her on a film and for Joni. Um, Joni, I, I really would have liked to have seen gotten into fitness after Playboy and done her own line of fitness, almost like a Jillian Michaels type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's where I, I mean, I, I actually talked to her about it, like do your own line of videos and website and clothing and, you know, like a DDP mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. that. And I was extremely disheartened to see her go into the adult aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just was, I just, you know, I, I've, I've seen it, you know, I've been on the fringe of adult stuff. I've not ventured into any of that, but I have a lot of friends and it, it takes a certain type and it's hard to recover, especially at that error. As we go on, adult is less and less stigmatized, but at that particular point it was, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's hard for some. And Daphne, to her credit, she did everything she could to try and get better. She had, you know, everybody knows she had bipolar disorder. She did everything. She did the meds. She did the, the shock treatment. She was, you know, put into the hospital. She did all kinds of therapy. I mean, she did everything. And I was helping her write her story. I mean, she's, she's, she did everything. And I, I understand it because I have bipolar disorder and I've been stabilized on meds since 2011. Speaking of crazy. Um, so I get it. I think that's why people come to me and tell me their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I understand not wanting to deal with it anymore and, and being tired of it because after a while, it doesn't matter where you go, yeah, who you deal with, what you do, what country you live in. It's always with you. Yeah. So if you don't find a way to handle it, it affects every aspect of your life. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Even, you know, bipolar disorder affects your health too. it, you know, lungs, heart, um, you know, so, I mean, it just, it just does. It's so yeah. it's, it's hard. So while I don't obviously, well, <laughs> while what happened is, is soul crushing and I wish it didn't. And it's, extremely sad and unfortunately i understand it yeah yeah all right listen april we got to do this more often why why haven't we done this more often april why have we we need to do this more often i don't know why haven't we i don't know but we're gonna start because this was a great (laughs) conversation i love talking to you I, i love your perspective of things i love your honesty uh, we we will definitely do this again. In the meantime, how can those listening to the show follow you? Where can they go? Oh, I'm easy to find. You guys can, uh, let's see, you can see me uh, live on Wednesday nights with Big Ray Hernandez. We have The A Show on Twitch, which is The A Show. We're also on Rumble, The A Show. So just, you know, sign up, get your notifications, all that, follow us. You can find me on Instagram at Real April Hunter, Twitter, April Hunter. And also really for Hunter, that's my backup account because I post a lot of things. I have my, I went back to Full Sail University for my degree in uh, writing for entertainment and journalism. So the last, well, actually for a very long time, I've been exposing, I'm a whistleblower journalist during the day. And there's been a lot to blow whistles about. So 
Um, yeah, I get in trouble every so often when they don't like that I question the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find me at aprilhunter.net and Patreon, April Hunter. So, yes. So if you if you enjoy the narrative we're being fed and you like to live that lie, do not follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and we got to that, 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 that's that's what that's what uh, that's what all uh, our next show will be about. Because our uh, our our topic of discussion lately has been uh, the the uh, Kelsey Swift relationship that was uh, manufactured out of nowhere. And man, I would love to talk about things like that with you. We'll talk about that the next time you come on. Yeah. Well, what's alarming for all of us, the podcasters, all of us, is they seem to be passing laws right now that regarding what we do. Um, that are being based and being safety for the children that are going to limit what we're able to say and make it punishable by fines or even jail. And they're going to use AI to search out these things. And if we go to digital currency, um, which is also alarming, um, they can automatically pull that from our bank accounts. So we have to know this ahead of time and, so we, we only have a limited amount of time to stand up to it. So we need to be aware of that and stand up to it now. Yeah. Yeah. So. We will talk about that next time. Great point. All right. Yeah. April, thank you so, so much for joining me. And I promise you we will do this again. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, everybody. We will be back next week. Thanks for joining us.